Well, good morning. Good morning, Keith. Good morning to all of you who are joining us as we continue our study of the Sabbath day. Today, we're going to look at what the New Testament has to say about how the Sabbath does or does not apply to you and me as Christians. So, so far, we have seen the original giving of the Sabbath to Israel. If you recall, the first place that the Sabbath appears is a test by God of the people of Israel to see whether or not they will collect manna for six days and refrain from collecting manna on the seventh day, the ceasing day, the day that was set apart there. And then we find that that ceasing day, that uh, that day of rest uh, from from work, was incorporated into the Old Covenant as part of the Ten Words, or what's so often referred to as the Ten Commandments of that covenant God made with Israel. Yesterday, we looked at Jesus and how he said about himself that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And today, we're going to look at what the Lord of the Sabbath decided about the Sabbath day in the new covenant that Jesus would inaugurate. So glad you're with us, everyone. Uh, If you're new, my name is Doug. I'm the president of Cross to Crown Ministries and New Covenant School of Theology. And we gather here every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. And we we study the Word of God today uh, together. And today uh, we are continuing our study of the Sabbath day, which is a, a pretty hot topic, a a controversial topic uh, in certain segments of uh, Christianity today. So it's uh, it's good for us to be informed of what the scripture says, and that's what we're trying to do here. So if you remember Jesus at the resurrection, at the end of Matthew's gospel, he sent his disciples out on what we now call the Great Commission. Remember, he says, go into the world and make disciples. So, for those of you who are with us, uh, what are the two things that Jesus said to do as they make disciples? What are the two things that that uh, are part of that uh, that disciple making enterprise? If you if you know the answer to that, put it in the chat. Uh, I'd love to uh, love to see if those things are readily available to you. So, uh, Jesus said, Matthew eighteen, go to all the world make disciples of all the nations or disciple the nations, or sometimes it's translated as you're going, make disciples. And there are two things that he lists as part of that uh, disciple making. Do you remember what those things are? I'll give you a moment to uh, to respond for anybody who may want to. Well, as as the book of Acts progresses, we see the the disciples doing what Jesus commanded them to do. We we see they take the gospel from uh, Jerusalem and Judea and to Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the earth, which is exactly what Jesus told them to do and what he said they would do. If you're interested in more of this, by the way, our NCST, that is the New Covenant School of Theology, our course in March covers the book of Acts and the books 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And so we will see the expansion of the gospel as it progresses there. So a little plug there, we'll, we'll come back and talk about that uh, down the road in a couple of weeks or so. Anyway, so I'm not seeing anybody responding here, so let me just give the answer so we can move on. In the Great Commission, Jesus said, go into the world, make disciples, doing two things. Number one, baptizing them. So that is evangelism, that is bring people into uh, the, the kingdom, uh, profession of faith, baptize them. And the second thing is to obey everything I have commanded. 
So Jesus says, go make disciples and tell them to obey me. The words you've heard me say, tell them to obey me. Notice what Jesus did not say. He did not say, tell them to obey the law of Moses. He didn't say anything about the law of Moses. doesn't say anything about the Ten Commandments. He says, you go make disciples and tell them to obey all that I have commanded you. Because, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I'm the king. I'm the Messiah. I'm the son of man. I am the, the ruler of all the nations now. And I'm telling you, go make disciples of those nations and tell them to obey me. So as the disciples did that, and especially we see the Apostle Paul, who went throughout the whole Mediterranean region preaching the gospel, calling men and women uh, and children to obey Jesus, we see a controversy, the first great controversy of the early church starts brewing because, (coughs) and yes, I'm still still coughing, forgive me, Uh, because as the gospel went out, what the response was among the Jews was very telling. Remember the Jews, the Pharisees were in power over Judaism. You had the chief priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they controlled the minds and the thinking of the Jewish people. And remember we talked about this. They were uh, self-righteous. They were legalistic. They were harsh and overbearing, adding to God's law and telling people they had to submit to their laws as though they were God's laws. So when Paul and the other apostles started preaching the gospel and calling Gentiles into the kingdom, the Jewish leaders did not easily give up their power because they realized people were leaving their control and following the teaching of the apostles. So the great controversy, the great first controversy of the early church was over the question are Gentiles required to keep the law of Moses? Think about the ramifications of that question for you and me. I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. My guess is most of you listening to this or watching this are Gentiles. You didn't, you're not Jews by heritage. So you read the Old Testament. You read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, And you see all of these commands. Remember, there are 613 of them in the law. And we have the Ten Commandments, the big ones. Are they our law? Are we required to keep them? Are we required to abstain from pork? Are we required to keep the Sabbath? And all the rest. Uh, That is a very important question for all of us because as Christians, we want to please God. How do we know how to please God? What are the rules for us? What are his expectations of us? Are they in the old covenant? Are they the law of Moses or something else? Well, I've already answered the question, haven't I? Jesus said, go make disciples, telling them to obey all that I have commanded you. Doesn't say anything about Moses there. So what do we do with this? Well, the the scripture answers that question for us. And we're going to start in Acts chapter 15. So good morning, Jenny. Glad that you uh, have joined us as well. So in Acts 15, we have uh, the record of 
this debate among the early church and the church leaders, Paul's there, Peter's there, James, Jesus's brother who wrote the book of James. He's the leader in the church at Jerusalem. You've got Barnabas and you've got all the, all the, you know, it's a who's who of early apostles and church leaders all wrestling with this question. Are Gentiles required to keep the law? If they're not required to keep the law, then that would also include the Sabbath day, would it not? So they all come together and Paul and Barnabas start repeating the, uh, the effectiveness of their ministry and how the Lord has brought all these Gentiles to faith in Jesus. And they're celebrating that. Peter says, remember, I was preaching to these, uh, these Gentiles and the Holy Spirit came upon them. He's talking about the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 9 and 10. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they started speaking in tongues, which was proof positive that God had accepted them. And, and so God received these, uh, these Gentiles as his own people. And there was nothing about law keeping there. So everyone weighs in on this. And finally, James quotes from the Old Testament prophet Amos, and he says, brothers, I'm convinced that the Old Testament scriptures tell us that God will accept the Gentiles through their faith in the Messiah, that's Jesus, and that's it, and that we should not place the burden of the law on the Gentiles. Now think of that. That is a a massive statement. Here's a, a man who is raised Jewish. Again, he is Jesus' half-brother, Mary's son. Here's Paul, who was a Pharisee at one time. Here's Barnabas, raised a Jew. Here are the other apostles, all Jews. And they all agree we are not going to require Gentiles to keep the law of Moses. So they write a letter for Paul and Barnabas and others to send, to take uh, back down to Antioch to share their decision. And I want to show you what that uh, letter contained. This is Acts 15, starting verse 23. And they sent this letter by them, and here's the letter. Here's the contents of this letter. The apostles and the brethren who are elders, so those are all the leaders in Jerusalem, to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia who are from the Gentiles, greetings. Since we have heard that some of our number, to whom we gave no instruction, so uh, James and the, and the leaders here are distancing themselves from those who were trying to bring the Gentiles under the law, We've heard that they have disturbed you with words, unsettling your souls. Now think about that. James is acknowledging that when these Pharisees were trying to bring the Gentiles under the law of Moses, it was disturbing to their souls, and rightfully so. When you read the Old Testament, when you read Exodus through Deuteronomy, the the book of the law, And you see all those commands and you think, whoa, do I have to do this? Is it sin to to plant my potatoes next to my corn in my garden? Because that was sin in the old covenant. Is it sin to wear uh, garments that are made with different kinds of threads? Like, like polyester, is it sin to wear polyester? Now, you know, some of us might argue that it's sinful to wear polyester in any, any covenant, (laughs) 
<laughs> but it really was a sin in the old covenant to mix threads. And we've talked about eating of pork. You, you read all the animals uh, that uh, the, the Jews were not allowed to eat. And, and we enjoy some of those today. Is that sin? And you think of all the other restrictions and you read them and you can see how that would unsettle someone who's hearing this and thinking, whoa, am I, am I supposed to keep this law? Am I supposed to keep this covenant? James says, we've heard <coughs> that there are, there, are members, uh, there are parts of our group, but we didn't send them. And they've unsettled your souls. They have disturbed you by teaching you that you have to keep the law of Moses and be circumcised and submit to all those rules. So he goes on and says, it, ha- it seemed good to us, having become of one mind, all these Christian leaders at the beginning were united in this decision, to select men and to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, and them- who themselves will also report the same thing. So we're sending this in writing. And we're sending several men who will confirm, yes, this is the decision by the leaders in the, in the Jewish church, in the Jerusalem church. In other words, they wanted to make sure that these Gentiles were clear on what these leaders concluded. For it seemed good to us, I'm sorry, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. So now you have all these men, these, these apostles and elders and leaders of the church men who had been with Jesus, who were taught by Jesus himself, and now the Holy Spirit is weighing in on this. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. Okay, don't read ahead yet. Think this through. Whatever comes next is extremely important here. The question is, are Gentiles required to obey the law of Moses? And for our study, that would include the Sabbath. Tracking with me? That's the question on the table from this gathering of of, uh, church leaders, including apostles and prophets. And the Holy Spirit, as they wrestle with this, are Gentiles, you and me, required to submit to the law in the Old Testament, which would include the Sabbath? And this letter says, it seemed good to us to lay on you no greater burden than these essentials. So here's what we're saying you need to do. These are the essentials. Does it include the Ten Commandments? Does it include the Sabbath? Let's take a look. That you abstain from things sacrificed to idols. That would be meat offered to idols uh, and wine that was poured out in a, a ritual in idolatry. You abstain from those things. That you abstain from blood, that is, eating meat that is in its blood. That was forbidden in the Old Covenant. And that you abstain from things that are strangled. That's animals that were killed by strangling. And from fornication. 
Notice he doesn't call it adultery, which is the word in the Ten Commandments. He says fornication. This is a broad term that includes all sexual sin. This is premarital sex. Uh, of course, every kind of perversion like homosexuality and you know, transgender, all of those things are included. It's a very broad term for sexual sin. Uh, in the scripture, both testaments, uh, sex with anyone who's not your spouse is sin. And this word fornication is uh, porneia, and it, it, it's a very broad term. And the letter says, if you keep yourselves free from such things, you do well. So these are the four things he says you're to do, and none of them are strictly from the Ten Commandments, and none of them are keeping the Sabbath. Do you see that? This is all that they take from uh, from this discussion and lay on the Gentile church. So, uh, again, we don't have time to go through why these four. These four are not actually, I don't think, are not, uh, he's not primarily referring to Old Covenant law, but earlier in the same chapter, he explained why these four things, they're laying these on the church. It's because Moses is preached in every city. In other words, it is an evangelistic purpose. James is saying, we want to be able to preach the gospel to Jews. And if Gentiles or other Jews, if they ate meat sacrificed to idols and committed fornication and did all these things, then the Jews would shut them out entirely. So it was an evangelistic, a missionary purpose, if you will. So if you take the Acts class in March, then we'll dive into this more. For our purposes, I just want you to see when the apostle here, the apostles, give the instruction to the Gentiles on what they must do from the law of Moses, they do not bring the law of Moses to bear, including the Ten Commandments or the Sabbath. See that? Uh, so Patty has a question here. Let me, uh, let me pull up and see what, her, uh, what she's got for us. Uh, I understand that is Patty, right? <laughs> My class is on. Thanks. I understand that we are under a new covenant, but am I wrong if I choose to observe the Shabbat or the, the Sabbath? Great question and great, uh, great transition to the next passage we're going to look at. So that is the question, right? That is one of them that we need to wrestle with. So, uh, first of all, Patty, I'd be curious if you're, if you're willing to share with us, uh, do you have a Jewish background? Were you raised a Jew? Um, again, if you're not comfortable answering that question, that's fine. But if you are interested, I'd be very, uh, if you are willing, I'd be very interested to know the, the answer to that question. So this, uh, this whole discussion about whether or not Christians uh, are required to keep the law of Moses in particular, or in general, and the Sabbath in particular, uh, we have this, this decision that was made <clears throat> by, uh, by the early church, but the problem, the, the controversy continued because you know communication was much slower then. Here, I'm able to communicate with uh, people all over the world, even live. You can, you can follow and you can, you can answer. I don't know where Patty is. I don't know where some of the other <clears throat> listeners and followers are. I know that uh, people come back and watch the videos after the fact from all over the world. I get, uh, I get emails and, and comments and things. So communication now is instantaneous. 
in the early church, it wasn't that way, of course. And so it took a while for things to travel, for the, for the decision here to travel. And the Pharisees did not give up. They didn't simply submit to the decision of this uh, Acts 15 council and say, okay, well, you've convinced us, never mind. No, everywhere in every city in the, in the Roman Empire, uh, there were synagogues and Jewish influence. Paul has to deal with this question in almost every letter he writes. And Peter dealt with it, and James dealt with it. The greatest opposition to the gospel and to Christianity in the, early, in the first century was Judaism. So Paul had to address this over and over and over again. So we're going to look quickly here at two different responses that Paul gives to this question. And one, and I think it'll give us some insight into Patty's uh, question. And she does respond here and say that she is not Jewish. So the first place we're going to look at is, uh, is Colossians chapter 2. So Colossae was a, a Roman empire. It was a, it was a, a pagan city, uh, not a Jewish stronghold by any means, but there were Jews there. And Paul addresses this idea of the Sabbath with the, uh, uh, the Christians in Colossae. And here's what he says, Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 16. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to festival or new moon Sabbath or a Sabbath day. Don't let anybody judge you. Don't let the Pharisees judge you for not obeying the Sabbath or the other. These are all Jewish festivals and, and, and celebrations. The festivals, the new moon, that would be the monthly celebration and the weekly Sabbath day. Paul says all of them, they are not the kind of thing that anybody should judge you. So for Patty, for others, uh, if you feel compelled to, uh, to observe a Sabbath, um, no one is to judge you for that. And if, if everyone else says, I'm not under the law of Moses, I'm not going to submit to a Sabbath, don't let anybody, any confessional Christian, any pastor, teacher, don't let anybody judge you. Now, now think about the implications of that. Under the old covenant, there was no way anybody could ever say that. Remember how often God said, I will judge the, the nation of Israel if they, if they profane my Sabbaths, if they work on the Sabbath? God judged them. And they had to judge each other. They had to call each other to account to keep the Sabbath so that they would not bring judgment on the whole nation. Here, Paul says, don't let anybody judge you if you don't observe these days. Why? This is very important. And Patty, this may help you make a decision. The Sabbath day, the old covenant festivals, the whole idea of what you eat and drink and all that, these things, he says, are a mere shadow of what is to come. But the substance is of Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. So if you are going to observe a Sabbath day, you need to at least understand what it is. The reason it's not binding on anyone is because it's a shadow and now the substance is here. 
Now think of that metaphor. Think of the imagery. The sun is shining and there's this object that the sun is behind it and the object is casting a shadow over here. In the Old Covenant, in the days of the Jews, in the Old Testament law, all they had <coughs> was a shadow. Now they could tell some things about by the shadow. The Sabbath was part of that shadow. And all the restrictions on what you eat and don't eat, the pork and, and the, the, the animals that divide the hoof, all those things. That was, that was all an outline, a shadow of how to please God. And that's what they had. And so they were required to, to look at the shadow and, and, and learn what they could from the shadow. But now what has happened is the light is shining not just from one direction. The light is shining from every direction and, and, and on the true substance, the true body, who is Christ. And now in the new covenant, we're not supposed to look at the shadow anymore. Because we can see in full illumination, Jesus. So I'm not permitted to judge you, Patty, if you decide to observe a Sabbath. But you don't have to. And I would say there is a danger. There's a danger in being about the shadow instead of the substance. Now, if you come back with us tomorrow... I'll show you even more of what that Sabbath observance is supposed to look like as Christians. But for here, I just want to say you are not obligated. If you are observing the Sabbath because you feel any requirement, then your conscience is being weighed down with something that you don't need to be weighed down with. Uh, I see you have another comment here. I'll look at that in just a moment. Let me finish this passage. So the substance is Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize. Anybody who requires a Christian to keep a Sabbath is robbing the Christian. These are, these are strong words. They're robbing you. Uh, they're defrauding you. They're deceiving you of your prize, which is the freedom in Christ. And the fulfillment of Christ, the substance, as he called it, of Christ. By delighting in self-abasement, you're depriving yourself of freedom in Christ. And the worship of angels, and we don't have time to get into what that means there, that's tied to, uh, to, the, to the Jewish celebration. Taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, that's Christ, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, which grows with the growth, growth which is from God. So anyone who tells you, judges you for your Sabbath keeping is defrauding you and not holding fast to the head, who is Christ. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, think about this. This is a Jew who's describing the Sabbath law as the ABCs of the world, the elementary things which were to, to shun. Why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, all of these things that are brought from the old covenant law, which refer to things destined, destined to perish with use, talking about all the food stuff, 
in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. Paul is now referring to the laws of the Old Testament as the teachings of men. These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't work on the Sabbath day. Don't do those things. These are are self-made religion now, he says. And they're regarding a self uh, severe treatment of the body, but they are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Taking any of the commands of the old covenant and requiring them of others will not help you overcome temptation to sin. Now, let me go back and, uh, and see what Patty followed up with here. I just feel that observing the Saturday as a day of rest and spending time with family and praising our Heavenly Father, I understand I don't have to. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, so your conscience is not weighed down with this. Um, I would say you can do exactly that and not refer to it as a Sabbath. Um, but spending time resting and spending time with family and praising the Father, uh, we should do that every day, not just Saturday. And to set aside a certain day to do that, that's great. As long as you are not judging anybody else for not doing it, and as long as no one is judging your heart and your conscience, uh, then, then have at it. I would say um, I'm not sure... Uh, not sure you should call it the Sabbath. And that kind of leads into what we will talk about tomorrow uh, and the fulfillment of the Sabbath in Christ. But we'll also look tomorrow at the second passage. We've run out of time here, so I will come back to the second passage I want to look at, uh, which is Romans 14, which uh, will answer your question as well, Patty, because Paul there is going to say, you have to settle in your own mind, and I have to settle in my own mind, and we're not allowed to judge one another in these things. So to, to wrap up today, the, the, the charge by Jesus to the church is, take my gospel to the ends of the earth and call them to obey what Jesus has commanded, not, not what Moses commanded. The early church had to wrestle with, are we under the old covenant law? And the answer is an emphatic no. What about the Sabbath? Don't let anybody judge you. You are not required to keep the Sabbath day. Every day is our Sabbath because we are fulfilling the Sabbath through our faith in Jesus. And tomorrow... We will see that in Hebrews. So we're going to spend two more days on this, Thursday and Friday. Uh, please come back and join us. If you have questions, and thank you for Patty for thank you Patty for asking that question. That's a good one. That's uh, that's helpful. If you have other questions, uh, put them in the comments under this video, or come back tomorrow and ask them. And on Friday, we will sp spend some time in Q and A. So I I want to interact with uh, with any of these questions because I I want us to have a, a chance to dialogue. It's important. Uh, so you're welcome, Patty. Thanks for asking. Rest of you have a great day. Uh, grace and peace to you in our Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless.